It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, my boy MH2 is starting to heat up. And the Falcons, of course, have to trim the roster down to 53 by 4 p.m. tomorrow, but... They made a significant trim, sort of, this past weekend from the Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot regime. Are you concerned? And last but not least, and for the culture, thank you for 27 years. Now, here's your goodie bag. It's all coming up next. ATL Day Ones, let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listener of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And also, we want to let you know that this episode of ATL Day Ones is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And coming up in 10 minutes, you know, y'all know they cut them, right? But what does that actually mean for this regime as far as drafting? We'll talk about that. But first, I have to get into the Atlanta Braves. They kicked the crap out of the San Francisco Giants. Obviously, you lose yesterday. You know, that's all good. But they win the series. And one thing, T, that I've noticed, and I'm really starting to get a little excited. You know how I get down with my with my guy MH2, Michael Harris, for those my people in Dunwoody. Um, it's this dude is starting to really heat up. He's been moving into that two-hole T, and he looks like he's finally starting to settle in as a nice replacement for Ozzy Albis until he comes back. Yeah, you know, I saw something that kind of made me smile, kind of made me chuckle all at the same time. And it was the the uh quote was number nine hitter on best offense in baseball remains underrated. And so I chuckled because I was yes. like, that's about right. Because yeah, yeah. we don't talk about Michael Harris a second enough because he's kind of like the underrated kind of unnamed official superstar plug-in star, whatever you want to call him. So when I saw that, it just kind of made me smile. I think I was telling you about it uh, pre-briefing for the show, like this is a guy, if you look across the last seven days, four runs, six hits in 27 at-bats, that's pretty darn good, right? And of right. those 27, okay, he struck out six times. But 
and he had four RBI. I think that's where the importance is the consistency, right? And right. that you know that you're going to have quality bats. And that's something that Brian Snicker said as well, that he appreciates what MH2 has been able to do in that two-hole two minus Ozzy Albies and still getting it done in the outfield. You haven't seen any drop-off there. You know, we talk about all the time how we need all three cylinders to the Braves to operate on all three. So they've been solid on defense. He has been. They've been solid, of course, at the mound. I know we'll talk about that in a minute. And also, of course, at the plate. But, yeah, for him to be effective in two out of those three, and really, I'll say even three, because last week, and I think it was a couple series ago, it was Spencer Strider and MH2, and that was that masterful game where Spencer Strider had the six strikeouts, and Michael Harris finishes the game, 11, excuse me, he finishes the game on with a home run, and they both yeah. got asked the question, and they both pretty much answered, I feed off of him. I feed off of him. So, yeah, I love that Michael Harris II is a big part of why the Braves have been able to, you know, after that swoon right off the All-Star break, have been able to get right back on stride. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, no pun intended, right? <laughs> but I, I think that one of the things, though, that I really like about Michael Harris is like how he plays the game, right? He, yes. he plays it in a fun manner. Like out there smiling and, and the thing about him being in that two hole, which is really cool too, because I would like to see him do more of once he gets on base, go ahead and, you know, yeah. I think you should have the green light just like Ronnie, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because he has that, that, that speed He's and like in this, right. Yeah. In this speed, I mean, in this series, excuse me, he had, what, 923 OPS, so he's batting 308. So that's those are some of the things that, hey, we need you to get on base as well. Like mm -hmm. right behind uh, uh, nephew Ronnie. And we need you to start stealing those bases, being aggressive as well, because you have that speed, you yeah. know, um, to be able to do so. So when you think about him being in that comfort zone and, and, and doing what he likes to do, because, you know, I think he has 12 home runs right now. Like, it's, it's mm -hmm. possible that, you know, he can get that 2020 going on situation. Oh, yeah. So I think that, you know, if he if he can get into that mold and, and get into that mindset while he's um, sitting up in there too hard, I think this would be really good for the Braves offense going forward. Especially because Austin Riley, of course, has started to heat up on the backside yes. of the And Matt Olson <laughs> just stays at the top of the conversation about home runs. So you're right. If Ronald Acuna Jr., and I know he's a little bit quiet right now, but we believe he'll get back on track as well. But he'll if he fine. gets back on track, not just <laughs> not even home runs, but like you said, if he just gets on base and then yep. Michael Harris can get on base and advance Acuna Jr. as the runner. I like the Braves' chances to be able to get behind either Riley or Olsen and make something happen from what the one hole the, and the two hole end up doing, right? So that's yeah. kind of what I like to see as well uh, from him. Yeah, like you said, being a little bit more aggressive, especially now that not to say he his confidence waned a whole heck of a lot, but I'm sure there were some questions he even had of himself in the first half of the season. But yeah, to, to be able to, to see the leadoff hitter potentially get on base, then see the guy in the two hole potentially get off base and two guys that can sprint, right. And yeah. be able to get you, steal you and no pun intended there, but basically get you a free base. Then that mm -hmm. really does put three and four in position to be able to do something big.
Yeah, that's why Matt Olson is leading the league in, R- yes. in RBIs at this point. <laughs> you got people who can get on base and they can move around, you know, when you don't have to worry about them trying to score from first instead of, instead of scoring from second base because, hey, they've already swiped that bad boy. So right. I think that's just something to definitely keep an eye on. But I, I think you bring us a, another interesting point about this pitching staff because we talked about our concerns consistently on this show. Yes. And to be able to see Spencer Strider and Max Free go out there and just have – some great outings, teeth. You got to start thinking like, okay, like now, like you said, that swoon they had after the All-Star break, you know, everybody, it seemed like everybody was struggling at some, at some point. But now everybody's, everything is starting to look like it's about to start to fall in place. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think you are more comfortable and confident based on Spencer Strider having another stellar outing and even Max Fried ending up with a stellar outing. You know, it was a little bit shaky, but that's okay. As long as you can battle your way out of that, that's fine, especially if the bats are supporting you to battle your way out of that. So, no, I, I agree with you. I think one of the good things, and especially taking nothing away from them starting a series against the Rockies tonight and that three-game set because you never want to overlook a team. But on the same token, you've got a number of reasons why you need that starting pitching staff to, to pick up things along with some of the bats like Acuna Jr. because you've got to face the Dodgers. And you got to face the Dodgers in L.A. And you got to face a Dodgers team where Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman are surging. Some even say Mookie Betts has surged past Ronald Acuna Jr. in the MVP race in the National League. But, you know, it's one of those things where, hey, we say it's crappy, but Acuna Jr. might say it's motivation. And I Mm -hmm. like the fact that the Braves pitching staff is doing what it's able to do. Hopefully they'll get it done in Colorado and Jarvis, hopefully efficiently in Colorado so that they can be well rested for a showdown in LA. Absolutely. Because we know it's coming. Like the Dodgers are coming. We're, yes. The, yes. the Braves are going to face the Dodgers in the playoffs. Like there's, yep. there's no doubt. Again. About it. Now, <laughs> again. And I, to be honest with you, they're going to have to go through them. Like that's just how it is. It's, yeah. When you get a guy like an MVP type caliber player in, uh, in Freddie Freeman, you add that to that lineup, that's exactly what you're going to get. So we, I'm definitely looking forward to it. So I hope you guys are looking forward to it as well. Another thing y'all need to be looking forward to is going to FanDuel.com because it is the number one sports book in America. Guess what, folks? You can get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel right now because new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets. Yes, $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Teed. And right now, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Y'all know the prices on, on YouTube and what the, what the uh, NFL Sunday ticket is going for. You want to get some money off right now. So I need yeah. you to go to FanDuel.com right now. It's the best time to go there because the app is safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. You got to worry about anybody getting all your information. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to NFL, sorry, NFL. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. Because it's FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the National Football League. Yes. So if you straighten your glasses or (laughs) you get the contacts right or you've got really good vision, then you'll notice that there's a missing piece across the O-line depth chart. The missing Mm -hmm. piece is Jalen Mayfield. And Jarvis, we talked about this ahead of the Thursday game, that unless 
he did something great. And then we reacted to it Friday. Unless he had done something great in that game, he was probably not going to be on that final 53-man roster. And then Friday, we said we'd be shocked if he wasn't. Well, found out, of course, this weekend, the Falcons decided to move on from their third-round pick from the 2021 draft. And we know, of course, they moved on from Michael Walker as well. So they're showing you a consistency in, hey, if the player is not, living up to the standard that we thought they could and Frank Darby as well. If the players not living up to the standard that we thought they would, regardless of what round they were selected in and regardless of if they were selected in the Smith Fontenot regime or Fontenot Smith regime, mm-hmm. we're going to move on if that's the most imp- appropriate thing to do. So are you concerned that they cut ties with players who they've just drafted a couple of years ago, or are you relieved that they're not lingering and they're making the smart move moving on? I, I'm 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 gonna go with the latter. You know what I'm saying? Because when you think about what we're used to here in the previous regime, and Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, they would ride that thing out until they couldn't ride it anymore. When it comes to the guys that they brought in, the guys that they drafted, because for whatever reason, ego. Hey, we know we were right. We know we saw something in this guy. We just got to make sure we develop him to a, a certain standpoint. And he's just yeah. taking a little bit longer than uh, expected. Now, like, I, I like the fact that these guys are saying, you know what? We thought this guy could do, come in and do A, B, and C, A, B, and C for us. I mean, he wasn't able to do any of them, yeah. you know? And also on top, to add on top of that, the injuries. Like, he's, he had some, yeah. some, some knick-knack injuries and, and a back injury. That's not anything that's not significant, right? Because when you think about an offensive lineman being yeah. able to, you know, get into the right position and, and, mm-hmm. it, and it drops and everything and kick stepping yeah. and all that, kick slide and all that stuff, those things are very important. Like, yeah. that's that's a big part of, you know, what what you're able to do or capable of. And not to say that that's an excuse for his bad play. But just, yeah. But, but but you know what I'm saying? It's 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 a, something that they had to take into consideration as well when you think about like okay whether we should move on from this guy or not. Yeah. So I, when I look at this situation and look at that 2021 NFL draft, mm-hmm. like as a whole, am I concerned? Mm, I wouldn't say so because here's here's the thing. Like just looking at through that draft because I went through it last night, the entire draft class. Because if we start from well, Avery Williams and I mean mm-hmm. Frank Darby, he's on the team. Mm-hmm. He's not on the team, which is okay. He's what seventh round pick. You yeah. know, I'm not too concerned. Um, right. Avery Williams, you know, we knew that he was a guy that came in and was a solid contributor on special teams. Yeah. That's what you act for in those late round picks. Mm-hmm. And then we got Taquan Graham, a guy who's a bit solid of rotation. Well, Avery, just to give Avery some credit too, yeah, last yeah. season when you needed him to be plugged in in that running back core, he gave you some yes, solid. Yeah, huge. he absolutely gave huge. you some solid downs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he was one of those Jarvis where when he went down for injury and they said he's pretty much going to be done for the year, you really said darn because you knew him to be a utility player. So yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you on that one. Like yes, understood for Frank Darby to go. But Avery Williams stays, but we're just disappointed that we won't be able to see him because, yeah, I agree. I think that was one of the better hits from uh, their uh, regime selection so far. Yeah, you're talking about finding value in those late rounds like that. Yes. That is, that is that's it. what you look for when you're talking about, hey, you know, they're going to miss on guys. Like, there's no general manager that's perfect. But when you start finding value later in those rounds, like like Terry Fontenot did with Avery Williams – that you gotta you gotta give him kudos for that, and then take one gram. I gotta give him kudos for that yeah. too, because everybody was sitting around like, 
who? You know, right. but he's going to be a solid rotational guy for you. Indeed. You know, he had injury last year, and before the injury, dude was looking like he was, was going to be a solid player for you. You know, Adio Gandeji, he's out for the season. I, yeah. for one, believe that more than likely he wasn't going to make this team because it was just from a number standpoint and mm-hmm. plus a non-production standpoint, too. So, um, yeah. yeah. right now, though, T, Mm-hmm. It's pretty much all on Kyle Pitts and, and Richard Grant. <laughs> when, you, when you think about it, you right. know, just going through the late round guys and then mm-hmm. that top two, those are the one, the ones that you you feel like you can't really miss on. Like yeah. that 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 Kyle Pitts pick. Yeah, hopefully, he's gonna be in, he's ready to go once the season gets rolling. And then we've seen some some good return uh, on oh. Richard Grant so far as yeah. well. Yeah, and oddly enough, no offense, Kyle Pitts, but so far Richie Grant is your jewel out of that draft. So. Yep. Because he just continues to trend up other than that little hiccup when he first came into the league and uh, Dean Pease was like, yeah, learn, the, learn the playbook. Learn the playbook. But yeah, he understood weird. the assignment. <laughs> right. He was like, yes. oh, okay, learn the playbook. Okay. My okay. bad. Because My bad, coach. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. Because I think when you have that kind of raw talent and athleticism, the game has just come to you. Right. And when you're a yeah. ball hawk, the game has just come to you. But when you hit the big time, the pros, everybody's good if not great. So you and mm-hmm. your talent that athleticism is equaled, if not bested by everybody around you and everybody on the other side of the ball. So yes, your next piece is to become the guy who understands how to take the playbook and embrace it. And that way, when you see those other schemes on that other side, nobody can trick you because Dean Pease has gotten you ready. And in this case, Ryan Nielsen has gotten you ready. And Jarvis, I know sometimes it's just talk, but he did an interview with our guys, Andy and Randy, and mm-hmm. it wasn't so much one specific thing. He said, I listened to the entire interview and I said, boy, the guy's going to have a special year because he's one who's also excited about the fact that, hey, I get to play across from Jesse Bates and I get to play in a core with A.J. Terrell. And hopefully if Jeff Okuda is able to get back maybe in the second quarter of the, the season, he gets him as well. So I think everything bodes well for maybe Richie Grant to be kind of the jewel so far as what we see in the preseason. But I got to admit, or ahead of the season, I got to admit, I agree with you. I hope that Kyle Pitts has the kind of year that makes us say those are two. Wouldn't you, you and I say, Avery Williams, Kyle Pitts, Richie Grant. If you can get three out of seven in a draft to work, I consider that to be a successful draft, period. And if Avery Williams comes back, you can call it four out of seven. You know, if he miraculously comes back this season, but even if he doesn't and he comes back next season, I think that you can call four out of seven a good hit. Now, speaking of that, you know, Arthur Smith made an interesting move that a lot of people had commentary about. Mm, And he talked about it Thursday night, but he circled back to it, right? And that mm-hmm. was a conversation about who he did and didn't play, of course, the starters. So this past weekend, of course, the conversation was around Desmond Ritter. People were curious about him having, you know, not a lot of reps, only four games last year. Why didn't you put him out uh, in maybe for at least a couple series? And finally, Arthur Smith gave a little bit more intel on that this weekend. Oh, let's just go back when he got here from his first mini camp to now. I mean, he's, there's been daily improvement. Uh, we feel very confident in him, as we do a lot of those guys. Very pleased with Des. Yes, yes. And I think that the confidence that he has, Jarvis, is something that we've heard consistently from yeah. OTAs. 
right? And yeah. it just continues to get stronger and stronger. And you got to listen to the guys around him as well. So when you hear the defense saying that they're seeing him able to make reads and go to his second or his third or his fourth receiver, to me, that's where it gets impressive. Richie Grant had comments uh, about Dez and said he was 100% behind him. Grady Jarrett said the same thing. So it doesn't surprise me that Arthur Smith goes not just back to OTAs, not just back to what he saw in the last four games of last season, but even going back to what he's seen in his college career, which was four years, which is a little different for most players these days. So the trajectory Arthur Smith feels like has gone up, up and up. And listening to Arthur Smith, I may not have liked it. It would have been nice mm -hmm. to maybe see him and Kyle Pitts have a couple of connection points, but I understand. For for me, like I get that aspect of it, but for me, like there's a human being side, right? Like, and I and I think that, and when I say that, I mean I'm talking about like in the back of your mind as a quarterbacks all over the league, like this is this is a universal thing. They know in the back of their mind they can't be touched. They know that in the back of their mind they're not going to get hit. Yeah. They know in the back of their mind they're not going to be brought to the ground. Like, like there's nobody in the NFL, in the entire NFL, as from a quarterback that can tell you that they don't at least know that. They know that. They know that for a fact because even if they don't acknowledge it, they subconsciously know that, hey, I'm not going to get touched. So I think that from a finality standpoint and looking at it and just saying, okay, finishing through the entire play, seeing yeah. the play and it draw out in its, in its entirety and not saying, okay, all right, let me blow the whistle because they the, all, all these defensive linemen are in my face yeah. and versus, hey, I know if I don't get this ball out of my hands, this dude is going to take me to the ground. There's a difference between that and, hey, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to tap you on your shoulder because, hey, I got a sack, I got a sack. You know, it's, it's, it's just different. So mm -hmm. that's the part that I feel like I wanted to see, you know, in the preseason. Because, mm -hmm. you know, like I said, we I even brought in, in examples, you know, when we talked about this earlier, about how guys like Sam Howell was, you know, out there getting all those reps in in yeah. the preseason. And, mm -hmm. and you have guys like even Patrick Mahomes was playing, yeah. you know, in the preseason. So mm -hmm. like, he was dressed out in full pass, you know, in the last preseason game. So it's just those type of things that I, I just look at and I'm just like, all right. I get the whole progression part. I get that. Yeah. I saw the I saw it in the last four games, and I've seen mm -hmm. him in practice. Like you can tell, he got the okay. command of the huddle, and yep. he got the respect of the defense and all that stuff. Yeah. I see all that, but it's something different about saying, you know what? Either I get, I took a sack on that play, or I made a completion, and and I I know that by I went to the ground, you know, or and then there's then that's what you call having it coming in right there is the teaching moments that teaching yeah. moments come teaching moments come into play. Yeah, you make excellent points, and one of the things I thought about though was Arthur Smith in this one area maybe being a little conservative because you look at a non-contact injury like what happened to Jeff Okuda. Granted, it was in practice, but sometimes those things kind of play in a coach's head, and you never yeah. know maybe that was He's human as well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, yes, so, yes. you know, we'll, it'll be interesting to see because what we've got a little over two weeks, well, yeah, maybe right around two weeks before the beginning of the season where the Falcons will host the Panthers. So he'll have his hands full with Derek Brown and company. So we shall see whether or not nine is really ready, ready. So saying that, that's what we think.
But what do you guys think? We always ask you guys to drop something in the chat on YouTube. So drop it in today. Is there some player also that you feel like maybe the Falcons should part ways with? Or is there a player from that 2021 draft that you're saying, yeah, I need to see this specifically from that particular player? Let us know. And of course, don't forget to download ATL Day Ones wherever you download your podcasts. But T, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is so different. T, when you think about like companies that, you know, do things for employees that have been around for a long time, been consistent, you know, always on time, just been just the exemplify what you want in an employee. If you can hire that one person 45 times, you will absolutely do it. But um, <clears throat> it seems like Burger King, they don't understand what that is because we had a man, you know, had worked for Kevin Ford, um, <clears throat> had sh- um, shared a video of the, goodie bag that he got for 27 years of service at Burger King. It consisted of candy, pens, and a coffee mug tea for 27 years of service. What the hell? So this reminds me of videos that I watch on Instagram constantly because I love little kids. The little babies are so cute. So Likewise. it reminds me of when the baby's parents try to feed them something And because they can't speak yet, they just choose an action. And their action Mm -hmm. is typically when they don't like the food, they throw it away. Like literally across (laughs) the room. And don't give a darn where it lands. You know, as a father of two, if they don't want it, they push it off that tray or they throw it across the room. And that's your indication. Don't come. Don't come at me with this foolishness. That is what if Kevin Ford had done that, none of us would be mad. Like literally, if he would have walked off the job that day. None of us would have been mad. And he probably could have gone anywhere, McDonald's, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, down the street and gotten a job there and been quite fine and probably treated much better at a Chick-fil-A, just to be honest with you, with 27 years. Because I know a friend of mine who worked there 30 years and granted, you know, she worked in the corporate office, but I can tell you that they treat all of their employees with so much respect. But thankfully, thankfully, Internet moms, dads, aunties, uncles, cousins and, and the like came to the rescue because they dropped, what was it, a hundred grand that they were yeah, able to yeah. raise for him to treat him like you deserve to be treated. 420 grand. I'm sorry. Too. Yeah, it started, right. So it started, started at a hundred yeah, grand. Yeah. And then all of a sudden when people got wind of it, you're right. It yeah, blew, it went crazy. 427. And I'm like, you know what? Or 25. This is a good thing because hopefully this should show corporate Burger King because they don't want to be shamed on social media. That they should yeah. actually come through and do something. Dude, as yeah, well. come back. Yeah, yeah. you need yeah. to come back. Give him a thousand dollars for every year that he's all gone. What's twenty seven thousand yeah. dollars to a giant? Like exactly. a fast food giant, like like that I don't go to anymore. Right. <laughs> I mean, even <laughs> if it was, no, I agree with you. Like that's the year. kind of thing oh. that makes you not want to go. Like you right. know, your Burger King is kind of already on. The already shaking. It's, it's on shaky ground. Fast like, food. Yeah. 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 Because let's face it, that's kind of the fast food restaurant you go to, and there's never a line in drive through. Just saying. So, you know, they're not quite where. consistent. Yeah, exactly. Consistently, you see no one. So they're not exactly a franchise, a fast food franchise that needs to have bad press, right? This, this, This is not good press. This is not good press at all because we all know. Nine times out of 10, especially like a McDonald's or a Chick-fil-A or even a Subway probably would have had some fun with it. And 
yeah, it would have gone different. You're not in a position to have bad press. So here's the thing, Jarvis. I fault two entities. Number okay. one, that manager slash or GM at the local level. What are you thinking? Or okay. maybe three, because it's him notifying the owner of that particular franchise branch and corporate. Because you all sure. know, you keep records of when people hit milestones, 10, 15, 20, 25, 27 years. And never missed a day. Never missed a day? Corporate. Yeah. Corporate. I blame you too. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the beauty of social media, right? We always talk about, right? You know, or everybody talk about, man, social media is terrible for America. Like, no, nah, yeah. this is one of the beauties of you know, uh, of, of social media because Indeed. his daughter, they initially wanted to just, you know, get some money so he can go see his kids, you know, mm-hmm. in Texas or whatever. And then yeah. this is um, Burger King in Las Vegas, at Las Vegas and, um, a national, um, airport, excuse me. So when you have that, like, and just to go from basically $200 to $420,000, that, that has to be like, I know this man, he probably, anyway, let's be honest, like you probably didn't even make that you know, probably across, yeah. across you know what those I'm twenty-seven years. Across those twenty-seven years, yeah. so to be yeah. able to get that in one walk, man, oh my god! Exactly. First of all, congratulations to you, Mister Ford. And secondly, go and get your financial advisor, sir. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Go ahead, and get right. Great point. Great point. <laughs> you know what? Hey, a lot of especially basketball players and and face, you don't hear so much about baseball players, but basketball players who yeah, are one and done on that, right? No, they're guaranteed money. It's like, why you, they low. you know, right. Why get a financial advisor when, Hey, your money doesn't go anywhere anyway, but right. you know, basketball players, NBA money is very much close to guaranteed unless you're Jalen all guaranteed. But we say mm-hmm. that to say, you see so many of them at 18 and 19 go from having nothing to having everything. And then yeah. you hear those horror stories about mm-hmm. what happens, you know, that aftermath. So you make a great point. Don't be like the NBA players. Be like the MLB players and some of the really smart NFL players in going ahead and investing that money and doing something good with it so that you can change the generations behind you. So speaking of change, we hope that the Braves change it up from what they did last night and get back on track with what they do tonight against the Colorado Rockies. It's the beginning of a three-game series with Bryce Elder on the bump, and we are excited for it because we do know that these are the kind of pivotal games and the pivotal series that you need to have to stay ahead of the Dodgers in the race atop the National League. So we'll talk about that. Any other cuts that come down the pipeline ahead of 4 p.m. tomorrow for the Falcons, we'll bring that to you guys. And you know, anything else that's happening on the sports scene here, we got you. And last but not least, before we get up out of here, make sure you guys share love, show love, get them doggone money and stop being damn cheap, you fast food people, you. Let's spread some love. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.